0: It is the Heartland College Sports Podcast Bedlam Edition from 97.1, the sports animal in Tulsa. I'm Eric G. Thank you so much for listening. Coming up on this week's show, I will tell you what the most important thing is about the OUK State game coming up on Saturday. Plus, we'll talk about how the Cowboys can best use their bye week. And since we are now in week four of the college football season, let's take a look back at week three and find out what I got right and what I got wrong. Well, what I got wrong was very simple. I honestly thought Nebraska would play a lot harder against OU than what they actually did. And apart from that first series where they were able to drive down the field and take a 7-0 lead, eh, Nebraska didn't have any fight in them whatsoever. Once Oklahoma went up 14-7, to seven, everybody was ready to cash that game in that was wearing scarlet and cream. And we spent most of our show today not talking about how good OU's defense was. By the way, Danny Stutzman was outstanding again. And so was Ethan Downs. So right now, you look real quick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to digress real quick. We look at the, at the OU defense, okay? And you've got four players. Four players counting, maybe more. Maybe there's there's somebody I'm not mentioning here that, that you think I should mention, which if so, then uh, tweet me at APD. But between Ethan Downs, Danny Stutzman, Reggie Grimes, and Billy Bowman, you got four studs starting to emerge on the OU defense. My gosh. If that doesn't get you all in your feels if you're an OU fan... I don't know what does. I mean, yeah, I think we're all still, we've all still got some questions about the offense, and I think there are some definite questions to be answered about Dylan Gabriel and the running backs. But defensively, we have not been able to feel this good about an OU defense since you go all the way back to about 2008, which that was the last time that OU had a legitimate shot to win the national championship. It's just amazing to see how not only violent these guys play, but how consistent they are week in, week out, and how the defense just continues to get better. Now, back to my original point. We spent most of the time to, to on the Pat Jones show today, <laughs> and I'll let you guess when today is, talking about the sorry state of the Nebraska program versus what OU is doing to get better. How much better can OU be? throughout the year and yeah Nebraska is an absolute dumpster fire there, there's no question about that when you fire when you fire your defensive coordinator after firing your head coach in back-to-back weeks there, there there's nothing else your program can be other than a dumpster fire and I don't know why Mickey joseph made that move other than he just didn't like the defensive coordinator because guess what buddy nothing's getting better your team has mailed it in Unless you are going to go fire every player on your roster or tell them all to jump into the transfer portal, you're not going to get any better. In fact, what is not that hard of a schedule is very daunting for you. You'll probably lose to Indiana. Okay, watch Indiana win next week. Uh, You'll definitely lose to Wisconsin and Iowa. Okay, watch Nebraska actually beat Iowa. You'll lose to Minnesota. <laughs> You're going to lose to Michigan. You're going to be sub 500 and you are going to be looking for a new job yourself. So why be a I can't say the word cuz we run a clean pro cuz we run a clean podcast here. Why be a AH, <laughs> I'll put it that way. Uh, the second word being hat and fire a defensive coordinator, okay? I mean, you've probably done this guy a favor and already got him a a head start looking for other jobs because nobody wants to be in that situation. We spent a lot of time talking about that, but as far as what OU can do to get better, to me, it's very simple. You've just got to be more consistent on offense. You've got to start off on offense the way that you did against Nebraska every single week. And where I will agree with Jeff Levy, maybe more than a lot of other people, is I want to see Jeff Levy establish that run. I want to, again, I've said it, and I'll keep saying it until I'm blue in the face, which I may already be blue in the face. Just keep being physical, okay? Be as much like your pal um, Kendall Bryles in Arkansas as you possibly can. Does OU have a running back like Rocket Sanders? No, but I don't think there's any way you can watch OU now. And not think that Marcus Major and Eric Gray aren't good running backs. Are they the caliber of guy that we're used to seeing here? No. But but they're good enough to get, for, to get done what you want to get done, which is be physical. And one of the things that you're going to have to do is you're just going to have to open up that passing game early, get Marvin Mims involved um, as soon as you possibly can, which I thought, oh, you did a great job of that. Plus... Um, with Marvin Mims, who's going to be keyed on for the rest of the season, it should open up things for those other receivers at this point, defensively, just keep growing, just keep doing what you're doing. And I keep waiting for that setback to come. And it had, I mean, in a way it did on Saturday, but it was for one series and in a way it did against Kent state, but OU was able to write the ship in, in the past, when we've seen OU take a step back, like if they played really good defensively one week or marginally good one week and they took a step back, it would be for the whole game. You would not see the kind of corrections that you're seeing now out of the OU defense. So that's what I would say OU needs to improve on. But I was way wrong about what Nebraska would do this week. As far as where I was right, well, honestly, I wouldn't really write about a whole lot. When it came to college football this week, Miami did not beat Texas A&M as I predicted. So I'm like 0-2 and one in my locks of the week, or I may. You know what? I'm just going to give myself 0-3 uh, in locks of the week. Um, and also, I thought Arkansas Pine Bluff might score a few more points against Oklahoma State because coming into that game, they had actually put up a good number of points. And I think I'm still with the Oklahoma State defense. I'm still sketchy on how good those second and third levels can be. They've gotten better, okay? They've gotten better. But they've gotten better against Arizona State, who just fired their coach. And they've gotten better against Arkansas Pine Bluff, who's out of the SWAC. And admittedly, I don't know anything about the SWAC. I mean, Arkansas Pine Bluff may win that conference this year, which if they do, kind of tells you all you need to know. I don't know if Grambling Grambling might be the best program in in the SWAC. I don't know. I've not done a deep dive into it, but I thought because they put up a lot of points in their first couple of games, it could spill trouble for Oklahoma State. It hasn't. Um, I think what we're seeing is something that we've talked about a lot over the last few weeks, and that is nobody has a better defensive line than Oklahoma State in the conference. Okay, I'm not so I'm not willing to go country. I want to. Um, but we're seeing the reemergence of Trace Ford, which my gosh, I mean, if there's any guy you can be happy for in college football, Trace Ford should be it. Pump block, he gets a scoop and score. Um, Colin Oliver just continues to rain hell for any offensive lineman that tries to block him. He's gonna he's scaring quarterbacks to death. I mean, that defensive line ha- is doing a good job of getting to where they need to be and allowing that secondary and those linebackers not to have as much pressure on their shoulder throughout a week. And, you know, when we did our rankings today, okay, so I wasn't wouldn't, I wouldn't really right about anything, so it was mostly just wrong all week. But every week on the Pat Jones Show, we do our rankings. We do our top 12. Pat calls his the best dozen. I call mine the dirty dozen. And we've gotten into this really funny pattern on the show where I think both of us are afraid to be homers. You've got me, OU grad alum, coach, who former Oklahoma State head coach, um, you know, obviously, you know, very close to Mike Gundy. He's got a lot of ties to, to Oklahoma State. Well, when we did our best dozen, which is his and mine's dirty dozen, he had Oklahoma at five, he had them above, above Clemson. I had them all the way down at nine. And yes, as you can imagine, I took a lot of crap from OU fans. Guess what? Don't care. Okay. Just, just don't. And I, on one hand, he, think, he, he thinks OU is better than Oklahoma State. I think the opposite. Okay. Reason I still like Oklahoma State better than OU right now in the big 12. One, I trust Spencer Sanders. Yes. I know you're an OU fan. You're laughing at that again. Don't care. You're an OSU fan, you might raise an eyebrow at it, at that. But Spencer Sanders has improved greatly from last year, so much better. Um, his passes, we said it, is way more crisp. He's not afraid to take the ball and run, which is something we finally saw Dylan Gabriel do against Nebraska, is take the ball and run. Would like to see more of that with him. I think there's still some of us trying to figure out what kind of quarterback he is. Um, Ike can if if he has that that running game in his repertoire, it only helps OU. And the dude scored a touchdown when he did it. But no, I still trust Spencer Sanders. I love OSU's defensive line. Uh, the receiving core, they're about a tie, but I give the edge to OU right now. Overall, I like OU's defense better. But again, I like Oklahoma State better, and I had them ranked higher than OU. I think I had them seven. I had them seven, Arkansas eight, OU nine, all all the all the green country teams. And coach had OU at five. And I started thinking, it's like, what is it? And I finally just asked him today. I said, what am I missing about OU? And I was very, you know, genuine about it. I think sometimes in sports talk radio, you know, it's all about defending your opinion. It's it's all about, you know, trying to be Mr. Macho. It's like, all right, I'm going to tell you why I'm right. So I just asked him, it's like, what What am I missing with with OU here? And he said, the thing you're missing is is that we've seen the defense. We haven't seen a defense this good in a long time. And we know they're good. We know they're actually good. This is not a mirage. You're not looking at something where the bottom's going to fall out. And that's where my problem is, buying OU. Like if, If I'm looking at OU as a stock right now, if I'm an investor, that price is too high for me. Why is that price too high? Because I've been burned in the past. And I just keep thinking about all the times they've had opportunities either to compete in the playoffs and haven't done it or win national championships and haven't done it or lost that game that they shouldn't have lost at some point during the year. And it prevents me from purchasing that OU stock at the price that it's being offered. And yeah, I bought a little at the beginning of the year, and I've just seen the price go up. And it may get to the point where the price just gets too high for me to buy in, and I may just be left out in the cold. If that's the case, so be it. But right now, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, it's still just too high because I've got that nagging thing that just keeps telling me this can't be for real. Like, right, right now, I'm a non-believer, Need to be converted. And a win over K-State would go a long way. Continuing to win in the Big 12 would go a long way. Continuing to win games as convincingly as they have against better opponents is going to go a long way. But of the two, and why I invested more in Oklahoma State this year and was willing to pay more for that stock, if you look at it now, if you just go based on competition, Arizona State's probably better than Nebraska. If you watched Arizona State, they got some talent. Nebraska, eh, not real sure. And Casey Thompson's probably glad he never has to play against OU again. Oklahoma State has a win over Arizona State. That's better than a win over Nebraska. Now, the win over Arkansas Pine Bluff, not as good as the win over K-State. The win over UTEP. Uh, the one over UTEP, I mean, UTEP got beat by New Mexico this week. There's not much stock you can put in that. And Central Michigan, probably going to be a pretty good team by the the end of it. You know, and fans can just, look, y'all can go head to head at each other. Y'all can get mad at me for ranking the teams where I want. But yeah, I'm still a little bit leery of OU for some reason. So maybe it's just going to take some convincing. And at some point, I'll probably buy in. But at that point, the bandwagon will probably already be full. Coming up next, I'll tell you what the most important part of this weekend is as OU gets ready to take on K-State. You're listening to the Heartland College Sports Podcast, Bedlam Edition. Thank you for listening to the Heartland College Sports Podcast, Bedlam Edition. If you are going down to Norman this week, make sure you get this, make sure you get there early for the most important part of that Oklahoma K-State game. I mean, look, like sure it's the opener. And if you know who K-State is, please. Let me know for crying out loud. Is this the same team that walloped Missouri out of the SEC? Or is this the team that got themselves embarrassed by Tulane? Yes, OU should thump K-State this week, but 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 come on. Chris Kleiman has had a lot of success against OU. Now, granted, it was Lincoln Riley OU that he's had a lot of success against. But there is something about K-State getting up for OU. That ought to probably scare you to death. Uh, and as I'm saying this, remember, I said the same thing against Nebraska. I, I said the same thing about Nebraska last week. Um, so, yeah, OU already a 13-point favorite in this game. If I had to, would I go load up on OU in the 13? Sure. OU will beat them by 13. But, God, can't say it's got to be better than what they were against Tulane, right? They got to be closer to who they were against Missouri than they were against Tulane. Now, I just think it goes to show you that none of us really know what the hell is going on in college football, and we're all taking our best guess. But the most important thing about Saturday has nothing to do with what happens on the field. It has to do with what happened on the field many years ago when you had the Selman brothers at OU, and they are finally, after Barry Switzer, doing a tremendous amount of work within the university, and with donors, and with people around the state of Oklahoma, the Selman brothers are finally getting their much-deserved statue at OU. And with OU, getting a statue is a very special thing, because at this point, or to this point, it's only been reserved for coaches who have won over 100 games, which there are four, the only school in history that has four coaches to win over 100 games. Those four, and you know who they are, but I'll say it anyway, Benny Owen, Barry Switzer, Bud Wilkinson, and and Bob Stoops. And Heisman winners, of which there are seven. OU has two players in the Professional Football Hall of Fame, and only now, posthumously, is Leroy Selman finally getting his permanent place on campus with his brothers, Dewey and Lucius. Only now. And I don't often like to criticize the Oklahoma Athletic Department or the university itself. and I mean, let's face it, it's very near and dear to my heart. But this is one that they have gotten wrong for a long time. It took way too long for this statue to get here. And Leroy should have been able to enjoy this statue While he was still alive, not his, his kids should not be the only ones enjoying it. He should be enjoying it today. And that being said, still good on OU for recognizing what might be the most important sports family in the history of the state of Oklahoma. And I just want to put it out there now. And I understand, I mean, if you're listening to this, you probably have no recollection of this. I mean, hell, this guy was way before my time. But Tommy McDonald deserves a statue. And I get it. There's only so much space. And, you know, in in certain areas of campus, you want to make sure that all the presidents get their statues, presidents of the university, and certain academic dignitaries. But OU is, look, yes, it's a fine academic institution, but it is an incredible athletic institution. And there's nothing wrong with acknowledging Tommy McDonald permanently on that campus for getting in the pro football hall of fame. In fact, that should be the next statue that somebody goes after. I should, I should make that my lifelong mission is to get Tommy McDonald, a statue. Um, I don't know if I'd be able to get that done before I die, because I get the feeling there's at least going to be another two or three Heisman winners um, here in the next 30 years. And that's probably underestimating it. Um, but, I just think it's good that, that, that OU finally has done this and there's still more to do. And in fact, if you're going to build a new basketball arena, okay, and at some point, you're going to have to do something. And Lloyd Noble's become antiquated. I still love the idea of just going to play the games in the old field house, uh, update it, and I know what you're saying, it's too small, but let's face it, you're, you're not selling out the Lloyd Noble anyway. I'm all for taking the Lloyd Noble, demolishing it, and turning it into an athletic museum. And then playing games at the field house, nothing against the basketball program, but until more people prove that they're actually going to go to those games, do that, do that. If you're OU. Okay. And then you could have even more statues and, and have more people who have, have come through OU athletically be acknowledged in the way that they should be acknowledged. And not saying all that, I'm a little weird about statues. Cause I'm not sure any human needs to be immortalized. I mean, we've all got some really weird flaws, but if you're going to do it, do it for the people who are deserving. And I know what's going to happen during this during our show this week is it's going to go back to OSU only having one athletic statue for football, and that's Barry Sanders, very deserving. But you know who else deserves one? Thurman Thomas, Hartley Dykes, and certainly Mike Gundy, who may be the most important figure. Actually, not maybe is the most important figure in OSU history, in OSU football history. I mean, he's been there for the majority of that wins. I mean, he's been there for the majority, I think, what was it, over 30% of Oklahoma State's football games? It's what Bill, you know, Bill Haston wrote, and that number just keeps growing. But, you know, here he is as a quarterback, was the leading passer in the Big 12. Um, you got all these 10-win seasons. You've got the conference championship. You've got the win over Notre Dame. Naming the field after him would be a good start, but a statue – Preferably honoring his playing days, but certainly honoring his coaching days, is definitely in order in Oklahoma State. And if there's one criticism I have about the Oklahoma State Athletic Department, it's that you haven't treated football all that well in the past. But we know that that is turning around with Chad Weiberg. We know that that is turning around with Casey Shrum. Sorry there. And when it comes to the off week this week for Oklahoma State, you know, for me it's just about getting better. For me, the, what the off week is about, if we go back to take a look at last week a little bit, is we finally got to see Gunner Gundy, and we finally got to see him show off that he's a pretty good backup for Spencer Sanders. And what I mean about that isn't isn't so much that he's good, but you don't have to change a lot when Gunnar Gundy comes in. Use this week, as much as you still need to get Spencer Sanders reps because you've got Baylor coming up in a week and it is a huge game, the more reps you can get Rangel, the more reps you can get Gundy, the better off you're going to be. You, and and I don't know, and here's the thing, I say this, I don't know, you Mike Gundy, how you do that from a percentage standpoint without hurting Spencer Sanders. Because in order to accomplish this, you've got to do it without hurting Hurting him and having that development step back because the more reps, the better he's going to be for that upcoming Baylor game. But if there is any way to make sure that those guys are getting some good run with the with the with the ones this week, you go ahead and you do it. That's how Oklahoma State should use their off week. All right, that wraps up um, this week's podcast. So again, I want to again thank you for thank you for listening. Remember, rate us five stars. Uh, rate us four stars. Um, give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what needs to be improved. And until next week, may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody is the great Jackie moon always says, and a quote diamond, David Lee Roth, stay frosty.